Okay, it looks like we are live now, and I am very happy to be joined by five of my friends. And for this uh, second producer Patreon hangout, which will go live for everybody else once we're done talking. And I do see some of you in chat. Uh, so welcome, and thank you again for backing on Patreon, and thank you again for taking the time out to join us as we talk through our uh, top games or top anticipated games uh, for 2017. We're going to do a top three list. Each of us will do three games. And looking at the list, there's a little bit of crossover, but not a whole ton. Uh, but first, I'm just going to go down the order of folks that are on my screen. And we'll start with uh, Jamie from Secret Cabal. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Thanks, Joel, for having me. Yeah, my pleasure to have you on. I think this is the first time you've joined this channel on a Hangout, so it's good to have you. I think it is, yes. Well, thank you. Yeah. And then next down the line is uh, Rodney Smith. Hey there, guys. Uh, I'm just joining you from Aviator School. I got my cockpit <laughs> headset on here. I did. I, I thought everyone was gonna be wearing these ridiculous looking things, and then everyone switched to tiny little headsets, and now I feel ridiculous. Thanks, yeah, Joel. You look ridiculous. Everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Ronnie. And then next down the line for me is uh, Marty Cannell. Hey, thanks for uh, asking me to be on, Joel. I can't believe I'm here with all these other dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> good to have you on, I think. I think it was good to have you on. No, I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> we'll find out at the end of the recording if you still think that or not. All right. All right. And the next down the line is Matt Evans. Hey, thanks for uh thanks for having me, Joel. I'm happy to be here. Yep. You know, and I am not telling people, not that everybody doesn't know. So Jamie does Secret Ball, Secret Cabal podcast. Amazing podcast. One of the best out there. Rodney Smith, of course, does Watch It Played. Uh, Marty Cannell does Rolling Dice and Taking Names and another awesome uh, podcast. And uh, Matt Evans does Board Game Replay, <clears throat> another YouTube channel, awesome YouTube channel. And uh, next is Chaz Marler of Paradise Paradise. Hello, Chaz. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's really nice to be invited. Rodney, pull up! Pull up, Rodney! <laughs> <laughs> It's really great to, to be able to be here with all of you. <laughs> nice. That was good. And Chaz, of course, has his own channel and also contributes regularly to the Dice Tower. Yes, so we won't hold that against them, though. <laughs> there, waiting. Wait, there it is. Okay. I, I, I was waiting for someone to say that. <laughs> so anyway, thanks, everybody, for joining. I think we're just going to jump right into our lists. And then hopefully I'll have a little bit of time uh, for like Q&A and I'll be kind of monitoring chat. So if people have questions about, uh, you know, some of the stuff we talk about, uh, please feel free to shoot it and I'll try to interject. Um, so each of the top three, and like I said, the lists are pretty different. There's only a tiny bit of crossover. And I kind of built the order based on that. So Matt Evans, you have been nominated to go first with your number three most anticipated game of 2017. What is it? All right. Uh, I actually liked uh, Sword and Sorcery is what I chose from uh, uh, published by Aries Games. It was put out, I think it was on Kickstarter in October of 2015, but it's due out like first quarter this year. And I'm really excited for that. It's from the same team, Gremlin Project, that did Galaxy Defenders, which I think is like a hugely underrated kind of like just doesn't get enough attention. Uh, it's a Agreed. really great cooperative like tactical minis game and um, like like based on like 80s, 90s action movies. And it's really fun, and this is supposedly, like, this is a fantasy setting version of that, and they said it's like a faster, 
I don't know, not necessarily more streamlined, but like kind of they said it's like the next iteration of that kind of taking the like mechanisms to the next level, kind of speeding things up and in this cool fantasy quest format. And so um, I'm really excited to see that. It looks gorgeous. It's got kind of the same simple system for AI activation, but like your heroes can be really powerful. And um, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm looking forward to that a lot. I think uh, I think it looks cool. I think uh, I really wish I had backed it on Kickstarter. I'm kind of kicking myself now, but uh, it still looks like the retail product is going to be uh, a pretty solid offering. So looking forward to it. Yeah, the minis look really gorgeous. Like this is a big step up above uh, Galaxy Defenders, even. Yeah, and I you know what's really fun saw, on the on the Tabletopia website? They had like I didn't know what the Kickstarter or anything, and then I saw they had like a prototype there, and they had all the models three D rendered in Tabletopia, and I mucked around just stacking them and toppling them and stuff. But the miniatures <laughs> looked really awesome. <laughs> so can, can, I make a re- can I make a request from Rodney? You can. Rodney, at the right before you talk and at the end of after if you're done, could you go? <laughs> Rodney, Roger, Roger. So this game is based on Galaxy Defenders, and I've Correct. never played that game. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. when I look at it, it doesn't look similar. So is Galaxy Defenders like a really good game that I'm missing out on? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think it's it's. Uh, you ever play the D and D adventure board games? Like it, it's kind of sure, that same man. style of AI activation where you'll flip a card and it's like all blue demons activate, and then you look at the instructions and if you know there's a set of maybe two to three instructions per AI card, and they all have different behaviors based on where they are and kind of what they have, and that that same system for AI carries over into this game as well, without the D twenty. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, more yeah. of like an imperial assault thing where you have kind of special dice and then yeah. you kind of resolve bonus symbols and stuff on the dice too. So yeah, that's really, really cool. Like different symbols, different guns, ammo, reloads, all that whole stuff. It's uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, the other thing that was nice about it is uh, you have sort of like a campaign idea and it came with an app. And so you had a lot of carryover. And so it was a nice, they did a good job with the campaign and the, and the, and the uh, and sort of, persisting your party and all that stuff it works pretty well it was very XCOM you know there was the XCOM board game which was like the super high level macro view of XCOM but this was like the down in the trenches moving your guys around taking your turns I mean they could have easily just branded XCOM and have been like yep because you like collected uh, materials and weapons and from the aliens that you were fighting and put them together for technology and stuff it's really cool and one real quick thing uh, one thing I'll say is like sort of theme of some of the picks I have tonight is it's it's campaign style, but you don't have to play it campaign style. You can grab a mission right. at any point and just play it at that point because the more campaign games that come out, the less time I have to play through a full set. So a game like that, I can just grab a mission and go. Which, this one looks to be, Sword and Sorcery looks to be the same, maybe, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, I think it looks good. It, it is definitely one that I considered for my top three. Uh, it would be it would probably be in my top ten. I didn't think about it too hard after that, but so that was year number three, and the next number three, and I apologize if I'm like hurrying people along just because we have a lot yeah. of people, but uh, number three is Jamie's, and I had not heard of this game, and I started looking at it, and I was like, this is definitely, I think, the most unique looking game on the list. Huh. Yes, my pick for most anticipated is Feudum. It was very recently on Kickstarter. Uh, it's probably coming out late in the year if they actually meet their deadline. Um, but it looks like they're pretty far along with a lot of what they're doing. But basically, it's a an extremely heavy, complex Euro 
but it's got this whimsical fantasy world with uh, this beautiful artwork with rolling hills and rivers and and little uh, little towns all over the place and a big ocean with a giant monster with a horn on its head and a sea monster sailing around in the ocean. And basically you're, you're moving your guys around. You have these different guys like monks and farmers and whatever, and you're moving them around the board and attempting to take over cities, becoming the Lord of those cities. If, if you have the, the majorities in those cities, you become the Lord and everybody else are serfs and you can upgrade those uh, farms to cities to go so on and so forth. And you're always trying to vie for um, supremacy in these different guilds, like the farmer's guild, like the church and all these different things. And you're basically going for victory points like any old uh, Euro game, but it's a very complex style game. But I just think the gameplay looks so much fun to me. And I love super heavy, deep Euros. I just don't get to play them that often. Uh, and I think what really drew me to it initially was the artwork. The artwork was like, wow, I've never seen a Euro that looks so beautiful and it's so much theme integrated into each piece of it. Uh, but then I, when I dug in and saw the meat to the game, it really caught my eye. And I backed it on Kickstarter. Uh, and I'm really hoping that it does make the 2017 <laughs> to my list <laughs> Yeah, the board itself is like really long. It's like 16 inches by 42. Mm -hmm. So it like draws out in this big like landscape type of thing. You think it almost looks like a big poster. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone's really curious, cool. they should go to the Kickstarter page because they have some really good videos there, like 3D renderings of the boards and pieces, and they do like a nice little kind of how to play, I think, and they, they fly you around the board and they show you all the different stuff, and it's kind of mind-boggling. It's almost psychedelic the way it looks like right. the art style. is just It's really engrossing, Jamie. I, I'm glad you put that one on your list because it's one that definitely caught my attention. I heard you guys talk about it on the, on the podcast. And it made me look at it, and I thought, this looks really cool. And it's it's so intimidating though with the complexity because even yeah. that really really cool uh, tutorial video that they shot with the 3D flying around all over the place. <laughs> really, I'm like five minutes into it, and I'm lost as to what's yeah. going on. I need to have it in front of me to figure this thing out. And that might be daunting or intimidating to some people. Like I don't want to deal with reading a rule book that's going to take me a week to read. But I think that this game looks cool enough that I'm going to dive right into it, and it'll probably sit on a table like like Arkwright is right now for the past few months. <laughs> it's set up on the table and I still haven't learned it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that looks really good. Some, I think somebody in the chat was asking, I just wanted to say it verbally for folks watching later. It's called Feudum. So it's F-E-U-D-U-M. So yeah, definitely take, take a look at that one. That it looks very, very interesting and I'm super intrigued by it now. There, there was a lot of uh, buzz about it at BGGCon this year. I heard at least a half dozen different people independently bring it up that they were also excited about it. So I know that there's a lot of anticipation uh, for Feudum. Well, the designer was there, and I actually got to sit down and talk with him for a bit. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, re really, really nice guy. I think right now he's self-publishing. Is that correct? I think he, I think that's correct. I think he's looking for uh, a publisher or distributor. Um, right. Yeah. His name is Mark Swanson. Yes. Yeah. Right real, real nice guys. Very passionate about it. They put a lot of time and hours and effort into playtesting and everything. I'm looking forward to that too. And they did nice. put a lot of time into the production too. And that's something I really appreciate when there's an, an art direction to the whole project, you know, like it wasn't just, you know, I designed a great game. Let's, you know, cheap out on the art and the components. It looks like they just went from beginning to end to make a great production. And I appreciate that. Looks like a Stonemeyer type of thing, right? Like, kind of looks like like where someone said, "Okay, I'm going to make this great game right out of the gate." <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
All right. So moving along will be my number three, but my number three is actually higher in somebody else's list. So we're going to skip me. Uh, so we're going to go to Rodney's number three. Rodney? Oh, okay. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, am, uh, I would say uh, my number three is is actually one that kind of I was sort of reminded of again preparing for this list. I had seen the game; it was on Kickstarter. It got me kind of jazzed up, and then it kind of went out of my you know out of my memory. It was the, the Seventh Continent. Did you guys see this one as well? It's oh you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, so thematically, the idea, as I as I understand it, is you are sailing back to this seventh continent that has just been discovered because I guess when you've left from there on a previous expedition, you kind of got this curse, like you, you're plagued ever since you left there. So you're going back there to try to lift the curse. And it's, it's a solo or cooperative game that is inspired by those old, uh, what are they, uh, choose your own adventure uh, fighting fantasy games, right? Mm -hmm. The idea is that mm -hmm. instead of going through this book, you're going through all these tiles and I think what really, I mean, first of all, art again, beautiful, looks really, looks really lovely. But I, they're saying that playing time is like over a thousand hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that was hard to believe. But <laughs> if they can pull that off, wow, what a. And I think the only way that I could conceive, yeah, the only way I could conceivably play something like that, Jamie, given that length, is that it's you can play it possibly solo and cooperatively. I could see maybe having it set up somewhere and just kind of poking away at it over time. Right. You know, you got to get a dedicated table for this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing they said. If you were to set up the whole map, I think they said. Um, Oh, was it two meters squared or something like just it would be wow. gigantic right mm -hmm. apparently they have some kind of what they call an easy saving system so you can you know get up and, and walk away from it um or save and pack it away if you had to but I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one it looks it looks interesting it looks like something i might be able to just kind of have some fun with either with a small group or just even on my own Jamie, is Seventh Continent one? Is this the same one that you were talking about a year or so ago on your podcast a, a lot? There was um, a story storytelling driven game um, that was on Kickstarter that you were um, was talking getting a lot of buzz, and then it seemed to disappear for almost a year. Is this that same game? Yes, this is one that I was really excited about at the time, and because of the solo aspect, exactly with what Rodney was talking about, setting it up on a table and just letting it there. And, you know, okay, I'll walk by, I'll play for 15 minutes every, you know, a little bit in the afternoon, a little bit in the evening kind of thing, just to, and just keep it going forever. This is one that it just really intrigued me. And I think that that sounds fun because there's so much meat to the story. I mean, it talks about, you know, it, you, if you go up into the mountains, there's a different story there, but you can turn left and go into the forest and there's right. another story in there and you're different characters and you meet different people and you can get different items. And all of this just builds this essentially choose your own adventure game. And it looks so neat. It looks like a neat game. And it's, it's, all, awesome. it's all card based. Like everything's cards. And I guess they have miniatures in the Kickstarter, but. It's all cards other than that. And looking at, uh, I was looking at the uh, list on uh, uh, BGGCon where they have like most anticipated titles of 2017. And that was definitely in there. But it's interesting to see all these games that are coming out this year with that campaign style mechanic with the uh, Seventh yeah. Continent and Gloomhaven and Folklore. That yeah. seems to be the thing for 2017 is this game that progresses over time through a campaign. And that's yeah. really funny, Marty, because I, I like really my f I'm so happy that there are finally games, these dungeon crawl style games that aren't a campaign. 
Doom is one of them. Um, uh, I don't know, whatever I was just playing the other day. I don't remember. But like they're coming out where there's just – oh, Conan. Conan was what I'm thinking of. They're just mission-based games. I can play it once, and then a month later I can come back and play it again. I don't have to remember anything. I'm just starting from scratch and playing a new mission. Um, I just don't have the time to sit and play a campaign over 20 play sessions anymore. Yeah, it was not a couple of years ago. There was a, a dearth of campaign games, and now there's a glut. And it's just like, yeah. oh, it's too many now. Stop. We I know we asked for this, but no. Not. <laughs> Stop giving us what we want. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't back Seventh Continent. And my last thing I'll say is I didn't back it, and I regret it. I hope they open up the campaign manager again or something towards mm -hmm. when they're getting ready to deliver. But um, yeah, so that was uh, from the UK, right? I think so. Yeah, from France. All right, so I'm going to move us along, and we're going to go to Chaz's number three. Chaz? All right. Uh, my number three is actually technically a reprint, I suppose. Um, there's this uh, this game I always I, I watched reviews about. was out of print, and I always wanted to play. And about a year or two ago, I finally had a local convention. Actually, someone had it, got, down, got to sit down and play it, and really enjoyed it. And this is a game called Container. And this is a game, it, it's a little fiddly, um, but you're basically everybody plays a shipping company with one of those long boats that puts all the big containers on, hence the name, and you ship them around, you, you create materials, and then you sell those materials to each other and fulfill orders and then ship out your containers full of those materials. And what I really enjoyed about the game is that the players themselves established the economy within the game. Um, for example, in the game that we played, um, uh, one player actually, uh, there's several, like four to six different types of materials that each player produces. And they have a little warehouse where they sell them to everyone else. One player tried to corner the market on one of those, get a monopoly and drive its price way up. And that was a valid strategy to try. And you know, uh, there's, so there's a lot of competition. And I really like um, the another... It, Another game that kind of reminds me of the concept is uh, um, is Captains of Industry, where the players themselves kind of cre uh, establish what the economy is going to be. It's not pre-established. You can go in any direction you want with pricing and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm hoping with this new version of cont Container that's coming out, I'm hoping that they retain the quality of the components, um, had really amazing ships in it, and I'm also hoping that they streamline some of the fiddliness out of it. And if they accomplish those two things, um, that that's what's making uh, this one be the, the number three on my list for what I'm looking forward to, because it's been out of print for so long. Chaz, do you know? It? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What was that? Who was publishing it? Um, I do not know who was publishing the new version coming out. Um, the information that I was able to find on it was just hearing it in a video, uh, like in a you know, news video a couple months ago, and then seeing it again on a geek list. But all of the information on BoardGameGeek that I found still has just you know the, the 2007 versions information. So um, I don't know any of the technical details about the new version coming out. So fake news. Podcasters <laughs> <laughs> hate him. Find out how to play container with this one weird trick. <laughs> I did hear that news as well. And it's funny because that's a game I remember discovering so long ago and thinking, boy, that seems like a really cool concept because I love ships and I love shipping things and I love Euros and the components look so cool. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, it's never around. And it's one of those games that just never comes back. So it's got to be coming back soon. But I, I heard that news too. Yeah, um, I'm sure that's some somewhat accurate, Chaz. 
I'm, I got <laughs> well, <laughs> so, so, so when was the uh, when were the uh, Kickstarter campaigns for the games that have been mentioned so far? How many years ago? So, <laughs> yeah. any game coming out, it's kind of shoes. All right. So yeah, I, I'm also looking forward to Container because that's one that's kind of been on the grail list. But it, you'd always look, and it's like you know, hundreds of dollars or hundred fifty dollars, and it's like ah, but. You know, the big ships and the whole player-driven economy is always a, a big selling point for me. Yeah. I gotta say, the name doesn't really draw me in. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Bucket. <laughs> okay, um, moving along to Marty's number three. My number three is not a new game is a game has been out for a long time but it's a new version of the game that i've been very excited about and joel i know that you're part of this too uh was it? about a year and a half ago we pre-ordered war of the ring the anniversary edition um i missed it long? wasn't it in, has it been in the, was it in the 2014 2015 i'm sorry in the 2015 gosh maybe it has been okay sorry to interrupt you no that, that that's all right so uh here's Jeez, the thing i am a huge lord of the rings fan War of the Ring is one of the top games for many, many people, and I have never played this game. Mm -hmm. So, Joel, you're the one that talked me into this. Yes. I, I told you some of the stuff I liked, and I was like, man, this looks so good. And I, I saw the other anniversary of Deluxe version they did. It looked really nice. And you just said, just do it. Get it. Trust me, you'll <laughs> like it. And if you don't like it, I'll reimburse you. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Day, someone in this group say that to somebody else. <laughs> just get it, just do it, just buy it. Come on, man. Let's yeah. Do it. Oh, now we're all playing Star Wars Destiny. Like, so we all ended up with this. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, so that's been delayed now until hopefully, hopefully this year it comes out because I'm excited to try it for the first time. Now, did you see they just posted on Aries on their Facebook page? Uh, late last week, uh, pictures of the production copy of it. Have you seen that? I, I did not. I, I missed that. That's good. Okay. I'm glad yeah, I got definitely, some. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it looks better than I, th I thought it was going to look. Uh, you know, the original collector's edition is ridiculous. You know, it's this giant wooden book and mm -hmm. all that. But this is absolutely stunning. You know, uh, I, I can't really explain it. It looks really good. There's several books. There's like a lore book or something and some gameplay guides and extra stuff. And the rule book is like these sort of, uh, they look like old school, you know, leather, not leather bound, but that special kind of binding book. You don't see that anymore, but uh, it, this looks fantastic, you know, top to bottom. I saw the original. Uh, I think... I don't. I think it must have been the BGG um, copy at BGG Con. Scott, wow. all they had, yeah. he had it there. It was this giant. When you said wooden book, like people who are listening, it was literally a giant wooden book that you open yes. up, and yeah. everything's all in there. It was glorious, and yeah, like crazy. <laughs> but yeah, but it was something else. It was a huge tome, giant. Yeah, yeah. This is not quite to that level, but you can actually put it somewhere and store it on a shelf. So, as <laughs> <laughs> that going for There's it that. okay so that's all our number threes so we're going to swing back around to matt and matt is now at his number two all right uh for my number two is uh this war of mine the board game um this was one that uh i got to play a prototype back when it was on kickstarter i want to say it was in may of last year may of 2016 that sounds about right um 
that was one that kind of caught me by surprise. I'd never really played the video game before. I just kind of heard about it with the board game thing. Kind of people were getting hyped about a video game to board game thing. And uh, I got a chance to play a prototype copy. And um, me and my group were actually pretty blown away by it. The, the whole concept of uh, a social, um, like this like war-torn sort of society where you're playing as the survivors. And it's, it's kind of, it's basically at, at its heart, it's like this crazy resource management like thing where you've got, you know, you've got this like burned out rundown house that you're trying to kind of border up the walls and you're trying to build these new technologies and upgrade your heater and scavenge for supplies and food and things. But then you also have your your survivors, your people, which also are essentially like a resource. And they all have like they can get they have ailments they can get, you know, they have uh, like sanity levels you have to manage, hunger levels, you know, cold, sick, you know, all these different things you have to manage with your people as well. And um it all ties together with a like a giant storybook, at least in the final copy, it'll be a giant storybook that sort of ties all these mechanisms together. So it's like this brutally difficult survival game tied together with this uh, kind of, you know, above and below Tales of the Arabian Nights style, um, like storybook. And I think the final one is like a thousand plus stories or something like that. A thousand plus oh little, little, little pieces. And, uh, the production, the pre, the prototype I played had like maybe twelve or fifteen. There was like hardly anything there. But the way, just seeing the way the like the story tied into the mechanisms, it was so cool. You know, you send your strong guys out on an adventure, and while you're there, you're you know you're digging through the furniture, and every one of those things you're doing, you're sort of raising the alert as you're making noise, scavenging around, and then you hit certain points where it's like, you know, there's a I forget the actual terminology, but there's something that would trigger a story event, and it was like go to the book and read this. You know, this color and this story. And it was all these randomizers and stuff. And, you know, we were like, sometimes it was hugely drastic. It would, like, spawn some bad guys with weapons. And other times it would just... There was one time we were just exploring, and, and while these people were ripping apart this apartment, this, like, TV turned on. And commercial for pizza. And it had absolutely nothing to do mechanically with the game. But, like, the <laughs> survivors just had this emotional moment where they were like, imagine living in a world where pizza commercial is relevant and it had nothing to do mechanically but it just really drags you into like the despair and to the it just really made you feel for these for these characters this is really cool and I, i'm there's kind of a lot riding on it uh, i think like the, the the prototype copy i played was great but i feel like they, they made a lot of promises for the final one so if they, if that book comes out and those thousand stories or anything like the you know the 12 or 15 that were in the prototype one i think they've got a really cool game Something that I don't think there is. There's not quite a lot of other games I've played like that. I think it's got what, a really interesting take. You said they made some, a lot of promises, and I think one of the, the, the biggest <laughs> promises they made was this notion of you just open the box up, open up the book, and you just mm. start playing. Yes. And, uh, and that, um, I was highly skeptical, uh, partly because I was worried it would put me out of a job, but mainly because it just seemed like that's that's uh, – that's the kind of claim you make to, to, to get people to be you know interested in checking you know checking out your game and stuff. Like, does it really work? And I know uh, when I played the prototype, it didn't really work. But they've had a lot of time to, um, you know, I guess work on that and improve it. Uh, what was your experience of that, Matt? Would you would you agree that it wasn't quite exactly a just open it up and off you go, you're on your way? Yeah, I had some difficulty with the rules for sure. I mean, I think the concept of it once once I once I knew the rules, I you know I spent some time. I emailed the designers and stuff, and I was kind of running back and forth with them. They answered maybe half a dozen questions or so, clarified some things, and then we were we were good to go. So it was a little bit of a slog at first. I think it was some translation issues and whatnot. You know, coming from I think it was a Polish game, 
Yeah. Um, but once once I was able to once I knew what the rules were as they were intended, the the concept of the rule book, like I, I did a video overview for it, and I sort of just turned the pages, and I was like, okay, then this phase happens. And yes. once I knew what was happening, and I could sort of explain it, it makes a lot of sense the way. Yeah. Once you know the rules, right. then it makes learning the rules really yeah. simple. Yeah. I think. If they can, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know how that sounds. There, maybe <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I, I know how that sounds, but the the idea of it, I think, with a little bit of fleshing out, I think the possibility is there it's kind of like um, yeah they had the framework for it like learn yeah. to play books you know where you you know like 70 percent of the rules going into it and the rest are just like you know what just start the game we'll teach you as you go yeah and i think they can do that and i think there's a there's a lot of other cool stuff there to be had uh, i think their kickstarter ended with like like six hundred thousand euros or something so they did pretty well um yeah i think they're getting somewhat close to delivering they'll be sometime mid mid this year or something but no i think it'd be really cool i think it's i hope i hope it does well i, I had fun with the prototype this War of Mine is a video game that is ripe to be a board game because it feels like a video game playing. I played the video game and really liked it, but I had to quit because essentially the game is progress bars the game. Because you can sit there and stare <laughs> right. at progress bars the whole time. And a board game just sounds like it would even accommodate this type of game better. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that, Jamie. When, they, when I tried to play this War of Mine and I was like, why is this a big deal? This is boring. Uh, but you know, uh, watching the video on uh, the board game and hearing Matt talk about it, it's just I'm like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. And my dogs agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was Matt's number two, and Jamie has a similar theme to number two. Yes, it is not dissimilar to Matt's at all. It's called Outlive. Uh, this is a Euro game that takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. And it's kind of got sort of a cross between a Dead of Winter vibe and a This War of Mine vibe. Uh, but it is completely competitive. Uh, each of you play different uh, clans. Well, not clans, but like groups of people that are surviving this post-apocalyptic thing. And the board is like these cities and like a river and swamps and mines and all things all over the board. And you have these scout groups that go out that are of varying strength. And you have three of them that you move around the board. And it's basically like a worker placement game, but it's you don't place them, you move them. So they start off wherever you left them and you move them to other locations and you collect resources like wood and food and canned goods and water and uh, all sorts of different things. And those are the things that you need to bring back to your shelter to uh, repair equipment, to repair the shelter, to barricade the shelter, to feed all your survivors, and so on and so forth. And so there's, that's the two phases of the game. It's the worker placement going out and scavenging. Then the second phase is nighttime when you're back in your shelter and you're dealing with all the problems that your shelter is. You, you, know, you can obviously get items and things, and you can build machinery and different rooms in your, uh, your shelter. You can collect new survivors that have you know things that, that you can do for them um it's a really really neat sounding game uh I, I love the artwork i love the basic mechanics that i've learned so far like the worker placement mechanics very cool and it's also a a conflict type game so you can move your scouts into other people's spaces and and hold them up for their canned goods <laughs> and you can ammunition <laughs> back and forth to like keep your canned goods or to take their canned goods and things. Uh, you can go hunting for mutated animals and it's, it sounds like a really fun game. It's mm -hmm. another one that I backed on Kickstarter that is promising to ship very soon. Should be in the first quarter here, but they say there are delays. So sometime in 2017. 
I think you've got a theme going here with the boards that look like uh, posters because <laughs> this is a similar kind of board where it looks like they kind of, I don't want to say bolted on the action spaces because it looks like they're really well integrated, but it's like it's this big, beautiful painting. And I was like, oh, here's all the cool stuff you can do on these spots. I love that kind of stuff. I think that I gravitate towards games that artwork and theme are, are really well integrated into it like this, you know, and, you know, it just shows that they put a lot of time into it. And I appreciate that. And it makes me want to try more because there's so many games out there. You got to pick, you got to get down to the point where, you know, right. art and components are a factor, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. This is another one I hadn't really heard of. And, uh, it's now on my to watch list. <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. So okay. That's outlive. Outlive, yes. Okay, so now we are at a shared uh, common game, and Rodney and I both have the same number two. Ooh. Rodney, do you want to announce it or should I? Oh, you go ahead, Joel. Okay, so it is uh, The Godfather, the board game, which is coming out from Air Clang and Cool Mini or Not, and I believe it's coming out summer ish around then. Yeah, it was supposed to come out a little sooner uh, this year, right. and it's been it's been pushed. And I, one of the things that's kind of unique before we even get to the gameplay is just when this game was announced, Cool Mini or Not or Simon Games now, uh, they were still doing a lot of Kickstarters, yeah. and they are still doing Kickstarters. They just launched one today. But this was kind of one of their big box games with miniatures in it that wasn't going to be one of these big Kickstarter things. It was going to be self-contained, everything within this one box, right? And um, and I, I had a chance to try it out at, uh, the Kumin or Not Expo, and um, it's it's uh, what's, what's the tagline? Eric calls it. He says uh, it's not dudes on a map; it's thugs on a map, right? <laughs> so you've got your you've got your gangsters, and thematically, the idea is it plays into the story of the Godfather, where uh, the players are the different uh, dons, kind of um, deploy, deploying your thugs, your, your heads of families, sorry, heads of families, and you're deploying your your thugs and your don and your spouse even and your heir out into the city to take over different, you know. Uh, rackets and other nefarious deeds right and there's even this kind of briefcase thing that you're able to store stuff in and that's where you kind of accumulate your points uh and your cash because at the end of the game no matter what activities you've done it's all about whoever has the most money at the end of the game right yeah the thing that struck me about this one was well first of all it's air clang it's an area control game and i really like blood rage but it also has the card play uh, and it looks like the cards are very much like a dual purpose kind of card, which is that's hidden re right in all the different cylinders. Uh, you know, Innis was a game that I really liked last year. I think it was like my number four or five or whatever for the year. And anything where you've got that kind of in your face, kind of head to head area control, and you've got to deal with this card hand management difficulty is just, I can play those kind of games a, a thousand times. And the theme as well, I'm, a big Godfather fan, uh, not as much as I used to be, but I had like a phase in high school where I used to watch into college. I used to watch them like every winter. I'd watch the whole trilogy because uh, the the theme of those movies is not so much mafia, but it's more family, which is really odd. But uh, so that Godfather always kind of sinks into me. This whole kind of weirdly dysfunctionally yet successful family kind of thing. So. I know the gameplay probably doesn't touch on that, but the Godfather uh, theme just always hooks me, and I'm like, oh, I got to see what that's about. The, the miniatures too are incredibly. I mean, they look, yeah. they look awesome. And you know, you think of 
games like Blood Rage, you have all these fantastical creatures and how almost easy, easy, I say, quote unquote, to make a miniature look cool when it's this amazing monster with wings and horns flying all out of it. But I was just really impressed with just the, the simple human clarity of these miniatures. You know, they look like right from the screen of the movie. And yeah. what's the uh, first player token? Oh, it's the head, right? It's the horse's head. Horse head. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. And you can you can take people's workers and you can um, you can you can, <laughs> you can whack them and you dump them in the river and yeah. then like you have to like get them back out of the river if you want to use yep. them again. You talked about you talked about the hand management. The other thing about this game that I'm remembering now is you have this limited hand size that changes each round too. So you may have this hand of amazing things and you're only going to keep three of them, and it becomes this really difficult decision but how can i effectively use enough of these so i get the most out of them before i'm left with some i can't use and have to get rid of it's yeah it was really really cool and i'm, I'm sure they've even done more development since the time we played the prototype even because when we played it was like panda bears and all this other stuff because it was a prototype <laughs> and eric lang said that the board is going to be gorgeous it's like uh it's this really nice drawing of uh new york city and he said it's just <clears throat> he saw some early art of it says it's just going to look really good so i can't wait to see that nice Okay, so that's our number two. Now, moving on to Chaz, his number two was my number three. And oh. since I got to announce the last one, I'll let Chaz do this one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, my number two, uh, I hope I kept my list in the correct order. Um, my, <laughs> my number two, th this is a game uh, that at Origins uh, last year, um, doing interviews with the Dice Tower, I sat down with the guys from IDW, and one of the good games that they showed off during the interviews was the Wasteland Express Delivery Service, which is um, a, a uh, it's set in this post-apocalyptic post uh, world. Um, the art in this game, oh no, I forgot the name, I was going to look it up again. Um, Back in the early 90s or so, late 80s, early 90s, there was um, a, a comic book artist that did a comic book yeah, called a Big Boy. Um, oh, I'll have, to, I'll have to Google it while you're talking. But anyway, the art reminds me of this famous comic book artist's art. Um, and that right there sucked me in. That was the first thing that sucked me in. And then the just the, uh, the, the theme and the way you're driving these trucks around and um, everything that they were saying about it, uh, Ever since that uh, that day at Origins, I've been waiting and waiting for more information on this game. Yeah, the artist name is uh, Jeff Darrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did uh, Big Boy. He also did another one called Hard Boiled with uh, yes. Frank Miller. Yes, and that is the most ridiculous comic book <laughs> I've ever read. I think. <laughs> um, it's just gratuitous violence on top of violence. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, the art is striking. It is very, very striking. And the, like you said, the truck miniatures are like these Mad Max jerry-rigged contraptions mm -hmm. with spikes and, you know, different little things that you can do. And they've got little places you can put the tokens to actually load and deliver these goods. And I, I love the kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of whimsical Mad Max look of it's post-apocalyptic, but hey, we have a business and we're this delivery service and we're going to be running around doing this whole pickup and deliver thing. Um, and it, it, does, it doesn't look like it takes itself too seriously. Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I, I believe, I believe, I'm sorry. Uh, I believe the board is, is, is modular or something. It's made up where you can kind of, at least several months ago, I, I believe this, the idea was that it could be kind of mixed and matched to keep the, the layout fresh every now and then. 
Yeah, it. I can't remember what it reminds me of. It's it's not Notre Notre Dame because there's the Fe- Steppenfeld game Notre Dame, but the pieces are real kind of funky hexagons with these weird wedges drawn on them, mm-hmm. so that the actual spaces aren't all the same shape. They don't end up being anyway once you connect everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another game that it reminds me of, and I can't think of it. But yeah, it looks like a very kind of replayable kind of thing. Uh, in terms of you know going over like hazardous terrain or nuclear wastelands and swamps and everything and trying to plan your routes out. And if you're like an insert fanatic like I am, the game trays guy, the guy who did the inserts for Mechs versus Minions, is doing custom trays are going to be included in the game for oh. this one as well. And they look amazing. And he's even doing some new stuff he hasn't done in previous inserts with labeling and stuff like that. Anyway, it's, it's, oh, wow. it's going to be, I think it's going to be a very nice presentation. It's going to look pretty, pretty awesome. I've, my interest in it has gone like this over the last um, yeah. you know, couple of months. Is insert fanatic a new <laughs> label that we're putting on people? <laughs> Maybe. Called insert <clears throat> fanatics. <laughs> Gotta have an insert in there. <laughs> Give, I, just wait till there's a micro badge for it. Then we'll yeah. <laughs> that's for real. <laughs> I'm yeah, in charge if there is. <laughs> yeah, the only last thing I wanted to say about that one was the the pedigree of the designer. You've got uh, Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback who've done a couple of games that I like, and uh, Jonathan Gilmore who did, you know, of course, Dead of Winter. And I think he's got a couple other games coming down the pike. Uh, one that I play tested, uh, which probably won't come out until 2018, but uh, that's also really good. So I'm pretty excited to see how those three minds all kind of meld, you know. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So that is our number two and three. And now we're on to Marty's number two. So for my number two, I thought for sure somebody else was going to put this on the list because I thought, oh, I'm sure we'll all be talking about this. But nobody else did. So I'm, I'm glad to get it on here. And that is First Martians from Portal Games. And uh, I'm excited about this one because it's in pre-order right now. It's coming soon. You know, it's not one of those Kickstarters that we have, you know, have our fingers crossed. It is, it is going to be coming soon. I got to uh, play a demo of this uh, last summer. And if you've played Robinson Crusoe, it's going to feel very similar to you. It, uh, some of the mechanics are the same, but the theme is totally different. So you're on Mars, and uh, one thing you have to do, you have to send out rovers uh, to go out and get uh, materials. And you're back in a base, and you have this life support system and energy that you have to manage. So there's a lot of resource management. So there are these cubes. Uh, that, and what I like about this is like uh, each of the systems, uh, you have these green cubes that are like uh, the LED bars on a gauge. And once they start going down, uh, bad things start happening. So you got to keep your gauges up. So it's a lot of resource management. But the really cool thing about this is is the app integration. And we've seen this before with games like uh, XCOM integrating apps. And uh, talking to Ignacy, the the amount of thought and time he's put into this, I I really hope it's as good as as what they're they're hoping uh, it will be. Uh, there is a campaign that's broken down into scenarios. And so that you could you could just play a standalone scenario, or you could put a part of a, a ongoing campaign that uh, you you can uh, play over several sessions. Uh, one of the neat things is if you play a campaign, decisions you make in the first is remembered by the app and could affect you later on. Uh, for example, uh, one of the things you may be tasked to do while you're playing the first scenario, it says you know make sure you get enough food uh, for for some reason you know to make sure your sir survive. Well. You could finish the scenario and win, but not finish that side quest. And what happens is, and maybe the second or third scenario, something pops up and says, yeah, remember when I told you to get all that food? 
You didn't do it. And now you're going to pay for it. It's like not face up on the screen. <laughs> Polish accent. Well, so I'm, uh, I'm really excited to see how that uh, all, all works together and uh, everything. And it's on pre-order right now if you want to go check it out. Marty, that's awesome. That's like similar to Robinson Crusoe is now in the respect that uh, you know, you you shuffle those cards or you put the cards in the discard and they come back up later. This is like just exploding that into into multiple games. Like, what a neat idea. I really think that Robinson Crusoe is a masterpiece of game design. Yeah. And what I always I'm so confused how there are so many games out there that people designers emulate other designers games. And it doesn't seem like Ignacy gets emulated that much. And I find that crazy because his games are so unique from everybody else's. And I really think he's one of the best game design minds there are in the world right now. And this is just one level beyond the masterpiece that was Robinson Crusoe. So I can't wait to see it. Right. That's and he's also promised some, uh, some DLC. So that's what's nice about this game, just like um, with uh, uh, Descent. Uh, where you can get uh, new scenarios or with Mansions of Madness. The same thing is going to be happening with this game. So once you play through the scenarios, he's promised to include more. But he also, and this is six months ago, things may have changed. He wants to get the community involved. He wants the community to have tools and everything or provide input to him to create stories that he'll then put to the app. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, Marty, this was definitely like probably number four. And I, I know I spoke about this earlier but i when i was trying to make my list i was trying not to do stuff that like had a predecessor or you know like rising sun was sort of like the successor to blood rage i was like okay let me put that aside and try to dig for something that was sort of unique ip or something but this one could be my number one if i if we were doing like a top 10 and i had some room to like make sure i squeeze these other ones in because uh, i watched ignasi he just posted a video like the other day maybe last week on how he broke down and he explained a lot of like what you just talked about with how the campaign's going to work how it's kind of like you can do like a normal campaign or a legacy campaign or you know play it one shot so it's like real sort of plug and play for your play style and he talks about the uh difficulty level so the app also controls the difficulty level so if you want to play with you know hardcore gamers quote unquote or take it to family game night, you can tweak the difficulty level and you can kind of play it more for the story or more for the, you know, oh, combativeness cool. and everything. Cool. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, this was supposed to come out. He had hoped at Essen last year. And one of the things that they uh, ran into was because they want to support a single shot and campaign, they said that was the tough part because a single shot may have been too easy and, or, or the single shot may have been too hard. And then yeah. too easy. And then if they tweaked it, then it was too easy in the campaign. So they had a really tough balancing act between if I just want to sit down and play a single shot or make it part of a full campaign. Gotcha. Yeah, that I makes know, sense. I know we probably have to move on, but I just I thought Jamie's observation was really interesting. The fact that Inasi is such a well, like he's a great designer. And yeah. Jamie, you're right. Like people aren't really emulating some of these masterpieces he's made. And I, maybe it's because these these masterpieces are such like he almost looks miserable at this point. <laughs> But like that and Stronghold, these are like really like these ambitious big games with like totally asynchronous play and all this stuff. And yeah, it's, it, this was uh, First Martians was on my list at number four. I think because I just came off of uh, learning and doing a tutorial for uh, the, the new release of Robinson Crusoe, I, I'm I'm not as like hyped up about it, but I'm very keen to see how this turns You're out. Tired of it now? 
<laughs> I, just, I hope I hope this rule book is good. That's all. <laughs> uh, okay, so that was a margin number two. Now we're gonna. Oh, we're just gonna skip Matt's number one because I don't want to hear about it. What? <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. I hate. I'm. I gotta be that guy. I'm sorry. It's, it's more the the broad the more broad picture. So Can't I. Joel just sent me that picture of like these guys in like compromising positions while the dude next to him is like playing Kalis and that was like <laughs> 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 not even paying attention. <laughs> that is such a staged picture. There's no yeah, way. It's so, it's, it's so ridiculous. Oh man. Hold uh, on, hold on. I want to write down what I think you're gonna say. I'm gonna see if I'm right. Right. I gotta be that. I gotta be that guy. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Destiny, Star Wars Destiny, Spirit of Rebellion, the next. The next. Let's step see. Oh, the I wrote it down. Of course. <laughs> nice. So let, let me just explain a little bit, right? So I, I would say, not necessarily this next set. Am I excited for it so much as like you know? Obviously, it's more cards for a game, and I'm really <laughs> playing a lot. But also, it's kind of like the future of the game and where it's gonna go. By the second set, you know, they're you know have probably some of the distribution stuff sorted out. Hopefully. Um, we're going to see what the life of the game is down the road. We're going to see a new set of cards. We're going to see how like that balance shakes out. So far, one of my you know my experience with it, I've played it probably more than any other game this year. I've been able to play it remotely with friends, like with you guys. Um, got, getting a ton of those plays in, it just keeps hitting the table because it's it's fast, it's fun, it's it's like you know I can get it out pretty much any old time. I can play it with you know any of my friends here. I can play it with you guys remotely, um, and. I, I like the, the the different variety, the amount of variety I have, like switching up different characters and switching out the different kinds of decks and making a deck just based on a fun theme and going with that. And that's that's a good time. So a second set, uh, I, I'm curious to see kind of how the balance of the game continues to shake out. So far from from what I've seen, I don't follow the meta too closely, but so far it's a pretty well-balanced game. There's not like anything that's super dominating the meta, right? So I think that so far, they did a really good job balancing the initial 174 cards. So when the second set comes out, I'm really curious to see how the designers have continued that and, you know, how the life of the game continues beyond that, you know? That's what I'm excited to see. Now, Chaz hates it. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 knock down those clouds. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> he left. <laughs> I think he jumped off those clouds. I don't know. <laughs> I love how the credibility was so scarred by the fact that you made that that review of the game and then played the game multiple times and posted about it. And I just played Chaz last night on Skype. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. now, now let me let me make a clarification here for those who took a very topical view of the video. Uh -huh. <clears throat> If you dig down into the substance, the subtext of what was being said, I agree it is a fantastically designed game. It's a, I rated it like 8, 8.5. It's a, it's a great game. I, I, I hope that it's popular. I hope it's this popular this time next year and it's not the Star Wars license that's artificially propping up the game engine. But uh, Right, because all that money you spent will have been wasted. <laughs> <laughs> all these were useless. All the careful sleeving and <laughs> mountains of dice that I've holes all over this room. <laughs> it's a more room than any game. <laughs> Thanks for your support. <laughs> yeah, that's what Esmeralda's saying right now. 
So I have a question about it, uh, Matt, with the expansion. Is that all Rogue One stuff, or is it just, you know, what uh, is it? It's it's heavily weighted towards Rogue One. I think they're saying like uh, so far what they've previewed is is a, is a bunch of Rogue One characters and you know it, it's a little bit of everything like Palpatine's in there and stuff like yeah. And, um, so yeah, I mean it's a little mix of everything, but I think they're gonna they favor sort of the the Rogue One stuff like getting some of those characters in, which makes sense. I mean if you've got the IP, they're gonna want you to lift up the current the currents the you know the current media, but. Uh, no, the set looks cool, man. I mean, look, they got Emperor Palpatine. He's the first guy that if you run two dice with him, he's like, he's 28 points. He's your entire team. It's just yeah. Palpatine. Oh, okay. wow. Super dirty ability. Like, every time he uses one of his dice, he just deals two damage to somebody on your team. You get to choose, but once you get down to one character, like, Palpatine is just ripping yeah. apart the team. Like, super thematic. Uh, I can't wait. It just looks really fun. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The, the model sucks. Collectible models are awful. I think it's yeah. it's terrible. But... I understand so you're ripping open those packs and you're loving it and you're spending the <laughs> That part is, I mean, listen, I love it. I love it. I love it, but I hate I hate the money, the distribution, the whole thing. We all hated it, Matt, and you and Marty wore us down. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get mad. Rodney, what are we doing right after this? <laughs> we're going to have a tournament. <laughs> it's the tournament championship is what it is. <laughs> They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. <laughs> oh, but what's what's so uh, interesting about this game is the fact that, and what Matt said, you can play it, it plays so fast, and you, you know, I know Rodney hates this, but I'm sorry. When you can get pretty much all the rules that you need on the front and back of this thing, that's that's pretty good. And yeah. it, it's such straightforward games. It's your turn. You have these actions, go. And I know Chaz, you said uh, one thing you had an issue with is there wasn't a reaction thing to it. Uh, to me, that's what stands out to me is that there is no reaction window because what's removed from this that it is in stuff like Ashes and Netrunner is this whole timing window flowchart that doesn't need to exist for this game. And for me, I think that just makes it flow even faster. Marty, do you really think that they're not going to have interrupts and stuff? It's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. They might not. This might be the framework of this game if it doesn't. I. It's certainly it's certainly open that they could throw it in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I'm trying to think of the game. There was a game that was designed similar to this. Okay, if you look at a game like Soul Forge, which is an app only game, sort of like Hearthstone, and they really attacked that to be a completely turn based thing. So they built a lot of sort of like reactive things that you can sort of queue up but you were never actually interrupting. So I think if they have an app in mind, which they might, because they've done a lot of apps, so they may stick to that. I don't know. Hmm. Who knows, really, but... Cool. So, okay, enough Destiny. <laughs> Good. Hey, you got, we... you got the starter packs I sent you, right, Joel? I did. Yes, okay. I, uh, we played a couple <laughs> of games. Uh, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Yesterday or Sunday. And it's really fun. <laughs> 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 I love the resignation. I, I mean, it's gravity feed time. Yeah, it's getting there, but the cheapest I can find online is ninety bucks, and I'm like, and you got to come to Canada oh. for it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta smuggle it in. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> Ice Masters heard me, so anyway, enough of that. So we're gonna get to Jamie's uh, number one, and this is the other martian game yes it hmm. seems that 2016 and 2017 are the year of the martians uh probably all based on matt damon 
and him yeah. running across <laughs> Mars. Uh, and this is the only reason that I did not put uh, Ignacy's Martian game into my list is because I had Martians, a civilization story, as my number one. Uh, this game looks ridiculous to me. I mean, it looks fantastic. Fantastic. Again, Joel, the board yeah. <laughs> is like a landscape of Mars with buildings all over it and, you know, solar panels and mines and things. And what's really neat about this game, it's a Euro game and it's a worker placement game. Uh, you have all of across the top of the board, each player has their own little uh, base, you know, like their living quarters. And you have to make sure that they have air and they have food and they're and they're healthy. They're not sick. And you send your workers out all over Mars and you do different things. You build buildings, like you build a, an education center. You go to the mines in the center of the board, which are tiles, and you pull up tiles with a little digger module and you pull up different resources and you're building uh, uh, you know, solar panels to generate power and so on and so forth. And you're doing all this Euro-y stuff while managing your own uh, little living quarters and making sure everybody's healthy. What's the best thing about this game is it's a competitive game and it's a co-op and it's a semi-co-op you can play in any one of those three modes and when i was kind of researching into it they all sound very viable i was very skeptical of that concept like how are they going to do that but it seems to work they worked it out somehow at least in theory you know you there's just one collective all four buildings at the top are everybody's buildings and all resources are collective and there's a scenario where you have to overcome certain problems you know you know dust storms will fly in and things you have to deal with it and the semi-co-op is basically the competitive but you could all lose if you let certain things happen um i just think this game looks like a lot of fun it's it's almost like a microcosm of a Civ game. Like it says, a story of civilization. You're building essentially like a little community and you have to make sure you're building the buildings, you're powering everything and you're keeping everybody happy and fed. And, and it just seems like a small Civ game in like a two hour window. I like it. It looks cool and I'm excited about it. Now I have another uh, arc question, I guess. Uh -huh. Those little miniature buildings, do those come with the game? No, they do not. Those okay. are Kickstarter extras. Ah. And really what they do is they cover up the artwork on the board. Oh, okay. Which, to be honest with you, I don't even, I would not want them. I like the I art see. on the board better than okay. I like the miniature uh, myself. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, so all those little mini dudes and stuff, they're meeples in the retail version. Okay. That's, those are pretty fancy buildings. <laughs> those yeah, are, are ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, that looks... just looks like a beautiful production. Yeah, I've always liked the I, the concept of um, what's the Sid Meier's space civ game? Beyond Alpha Earth? Centauri, oh, you know, Centauri? yeah, just like a civ game on another planet. You know, that mm. would be really really fun to play. So I don't know if there are any monsters that dig up through the ground and eat you, but uh, <laughs> well, who knows? Hopefully not. Yeah. There's a lot of event cards. <laughs> just sounds like a fun game. I'm really yeah. excited about it. Yeah, sounds very cool. Mm -hmm. So all three years were Kickstarters, too. Yes, oddly enough. I did not realize that. I didn't back this one, though. This one was one that I just sort of got interested in after it was gone. I see. Is this their first game, Red Imp? No, it's I don't not. Know. I didn't look that deeply. They've done a couple. So yeah, they. I think I played on... Oh, they did The Lord of the Ice Garden. I don't think I played that one, though. I remember hearing about it. This had some decent buzz a couple years ago, but I don't think it came across to the U.S. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, Martians, a story of civilization. Looks very cool. 
So that was your number one. Oh, now we're at my number one, which is a game called Brazil. And this is basically because of the two designers. Uh, it's Nuno and Paolo who did Panamax and Madeira. And it's from What's Your Game. And I really just seem to enjoy just about every game that What's Your Game puts out, especially when it's from Nuno and Paolo. Uh, it's one of those gorgeous looking boards that, you know, ends up having like a lot of tracks and different things that you're trying to keep track of, but it somehow still looks gorgeous. And it's basically about, um, running a mining operation uh, in Brazil. And I think this one is supposed to be a little bit lighter than their normal fare, which will be nice because maybe I can play this one with the family, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's been a little while since they have done a game. Uh, they, uh, Railroad Revolution came out last year, which, well, actually, I don't know that it's, it's out here yet. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, that was a game I really enjoyed and wish I had a chance to play more. I played it a couple times at a convention, um, and that was really fantastic. And they just do like a nice sort of twist on the whole Euro thing. There's always just some kind of little different thing that just kind of hits all those Euro cylinders uh, that I really like. You know, it's, sometimes they're a little point salady. Sometimes they're, you know, just a little bit uh, solitarish in a way. Not all the time, but uh, so. I'm really looking forward to this one just because I don't know what it is about their designs. They just have this weird quirk of just shaking up the game space in a different way that I'm always looking forward to. Do you know what the main mechanic of the game is? Is it uh, uh, worker placement, resource management? No, I don't, I'm not really sure. It's just, I just know it's mining and you know, you've got your own player boards and stuff, but thanks for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, Glad you looked into it. <laughs> this is your number one okay. yeah is it brazil with an s or a z an s it's with an s it doesn't say on the See, video on the board page. Say the mechanism. Yeah. it says uh, city building civilization economic and exploration modular board press your luck player power work placement yeah i mean it's 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 a nuno and paulo game so it's gonna have some kind of worker placement thing but, I've never played a What's Your Game game, and I feel like I'm hearing about them what? more and more. They I, I are really good. No, oh not a single God. one. Yeah, I know. So I guess Panamax is not a What's Your Game. I'll just jump game. out of this plane. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Stronghold. <laughs> yeah. Have you played Panamax? I haven't, no. Oh. What? So Sorry, you guys, guys play... thousands of games, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy playing <laughs> Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> You got to play. You got to play Panamax. You got to play Madeira. I think you got to play Railroad Revolution. To me, those are the top three of that sort of. I mean, they're not all the same designer or the same company, but wasn't the pawn? Sort of, um, the what's yeah. your game? What's your yes? Yeah, the pawn's good. Yeah. I love that one. Mm -hmm. Um, is that that's, okay? Yeah, I confuse that with Zhang Zhang Guo. Zhang Guo is okay. It was it was good, but Napalm is the better of those two. I think they both came out like not last year, but the year before. Ron, you realize expand your horizons and try Euro games. <laughs> Stop it. <Yeah. laughs> no, this, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad to hear there's like this whole other uh, area of games from this company I haven't even explored yet, and, and I'll have to jump into one of them. I, I've been hearing a lot about uh, Railroad Revolution around BGGCon, I think. Yeah. Was, uh, that sounded good. Yeah, you know, Nippon and that Signori, you know, they call them worker <sighs> placement games, but they're so, like, odd. I know Signori's dice, but... 
I love seniori. Yeah, but they're not really like worker placement. Not like Kalis, where you go and like take a spot and that. It's this weird like. It's almost like an action point allowance selection thing. Like the color of the worker matter and mm-hmm. how many of them are in a spot will sort of change the dynamic of of what's going on. Or you have like multiple actions you can do in a certain spot. Um, it almost feels like Nippon was a war game that was rethemed to an industry building game. Because it really yeah. is like a, a territory control game. And you could very easily just be soldiers taking over right. their territories. But you're really just sending products out. You're building factories with machines to send out product. I thought that was what was really cool about it. I could get my my war game friends into it because they're like, <laughs> it's got a lot of the same mechanics going on there. They got a lot of, oh, man, what's your game's got good stuff. Yep, they do. Now you got me excited for this one. <laughs> yeah, so see, little, even though I don't know how it works. about it from Matt's 30-second Google. <laughs> all right right, moving on (laughs) i knew i would regret having marty on here he's what he is he's like woody woodpecker (laughs) so rodney's number one what's the mechanic in this rodney (laughs) well i can tell you uh and i can spell it too uh the the one that my number one pick is uh is from jamie stegmar a charter stone his upcoming Ooh. legacy game. This is a competitive legacy game, so it's not like your pandemic legacy. This one you're going head to head. Thematically, I, I guess my understanding is, is you got this this very prosperous kingdom, and the king has decreed that one to six of his citizens are going to go out beyond the borders and start to colonize that land. And I thought that was interesting. One to six, one to six, a legacy game that you can play solo. Uh, so that that kind of just intrigued me in concept, but the idea here is again, it's, it's a you play uh, over the course of I think it's twelve games, and you're, it's it's the game is meant to start simple. You have a board and you're taking simple actions, but then similar to I think he compared it to uh, Lords of Waterdeep and Kalis, you're building buildings onto spaces, and these become permanently stickered there, and these open up new actions that players can take. And so every time you play, at, by the end of your 12 games, you'll have a radically different board than everyone else because I think there are 100 buildings that come with the game, but only 36 spaces. So your board at the end will be very different than everybody else's depending on what buildings you have built. And then the idea is that you can continue to play the game after that with your own sort of unique colonized setup. Now, I don't know of anyone who ever did that with Risk Legacy. I think always the fun of that was sort of working through the 15 games. I don't know if people actually played Risk on that board afterwards, although I think that was rumored you could do it. <laughs> but it seems to me like the fun of these kind of games is actually just going through the exploration and, and changing things and ripping things up, right? That was the only thing that was fun about Risk Legacy was the legacy. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <Just Yeah>. Risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is Charterstone uh, on? Is it a, is it going to be kickstarted? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Chess, because I wanted to say that. No, it's 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 not only not going to be kickstarted, but it's also not going to be pre-ordered. It's going straight to retail. So this is, I think, maybe one of it's got. I think it's his first definitely big box game where he's going straight to retail with it. So you, you if you want to get the game, you should talk to your retailer and ask them to you know get it in for you to pick up. Do you know what the ETA on it is? Listen, Joel couldn't even tell you one mechanic. Give me some slack here. 
I think I think it was I think if I remember correctly June or July something like that, and uh, and I'm really I mean the artwork is very whimsical and light and I I really like the art styling of it. Um, anyone who hasn't I think there's a Facebook page for now you can go to and join and it's got all kinds of you know beautiful art and pictures and that sort of thing. I just I trust Jamie Stegmar now as a designer and publisher. I, I have a feeling at the very least I'm gonna be very pleased with the quality of the game and uh, I I suspect I'll get my 12 games worth out of it. Yeah, similar to Joel. If, if yeah, oh, Jamie? right, Jamie. <laughs> How can you not trust Stegmeier? He has yeah, not yeah. missed yet, not a single time. Now he hasn't put out as many games as a lot of other designers, but he has not missed in his designs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Similar to Joel, if we were making a top ten, uh, this one would have squeezed in like number one or two for for me, because uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with the legacy system. And honestly, a solo legacy. This, honestly, with this list, like if you ask me tomorrow, it could be different. Because <laughs> I'm so <laughs> yeah. excited about probably 20 different games coming out yeah. already. All right. Let's hear some more. Yeah. Now we're moving <laughs> to Chaz's number one. All right. Well, my my number one um, is also Star Wars Destiny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Live. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, uh, so m my number one is a game that I, I really enjoy. I enjoy the when it came out, the, the concept of it was like, oh, yes, finally, a game like this. And I enjoy the game. It has a couple of issues that um, have kept it from getting at the to the table for uh, as often as I'd like. But um, the game I'm actually looking forward to as number one is an expansion for this existing game. And this is the Embers of a Forsaken Star expansion for Zaya. Um, Zaya is a sandbox uh, game. You know, you get a spaceship, you got these plants, you fly around, you can do missions, you could be a pirate, you could be a bounty hunter. Totally as open-ended as I think it could possibly be. And that's what really drew me to it. Um, there's two problems with Zaya that I encountered when I was playing it, though. Um, the, the first one is that if you're playing with like five players or so, uh, there's a lot of downtime potentially between the player turns, between your next turn. Um, to the point where like you can go and make lunch and eat it and then come back and you're in time for your turn. I've heard rumors that the expansion introduces some new things that mitigate that. Um, so I'm really excited to see if that's addressed in this. And the, the other problem with Zaya is when you're playing this game, I, when you come away from it, you're just like, well, now I want more stuff. I want more planets and more ships and more options and more missions and more cards. More, please. <laughs> and so the, ex the expansion is supposed to introduce you know, a lot more of everything, uh, which I'm really excited about because when you have a game where you can go in any direction, you want as many directions as possible to go in. So that's Zaya, members of a Forsaken Star expansion. You got me excited for my number one. Game. It is so Pardon? ridiculously good. Zaya is an amazing game. It's so good. And I'm, again, a backer of that expansion as well. And that exact thing. You know, you talked about with downtime. It's because you're taking like 25 actions on your turn. You know, you move in your, <laughs> they need to make a game where you take one action only. Uh, <laughs> it's fun for that guy, but you're waiting. You're waiting a long time. But it's a, it's a sadly, I did not care for Zaya, so I won't be commenting. But uh, what? 
No, I didn't like it. I came I don't... to Joel's house and praise the light. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished, Chaz. <laughs> so, all right, sorry, moving along. Uh, so we have the, is it the last game? The last number one falls to Mr. Marty Canal. So for anybody that listens to our show, they know that uh, my, me and uh, my co-host, Tony, uh, really got into this industry through playing card games and CCGs and everything. So uh, we, when the LCG system came out, we said, that's it. We're swearing off CCGs forever. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, um, uh, so a couple of years ago, I was like, very excited when Legends of the Five Rings uh, was moved from AEG as CCG over to FFG as LCG. Is that enough acronyms right there? <laughs> well um, done. You're A-OK. -okay. <laughs> um, and so here's the deal. When, uh, I was in a uh, community here that had a large amount of Legend of Five Rings players. I'm just going to call it L5R from now on. I, and when like Netrunner came out, a lot of people migrated uh, over to it, but then a lot uh, stayed with Legends of the Fire. They didn't like it as much. So I was always very intrigued by that game, but because of the CCG model, I didn't want to get into it. I played a demo game. I thought this is pretty cool, but I'm not going to dump any money into it because I said I would never play another CCG again. So <clears throat> I'm very excited this summer. I believe it's supposed to be at Gen Con when L5R LCG comes out for FEG. I want to see. Now I can experience the game and see how it's played without dumping a bunch of money into it. Because instead, I'll probably still be done make a bunch of money into this. Uh, so I can't wait to see how the game plays, see what everybody around here was so excited about. And it's just one of those things that's I just love my card games. And I love Netrunner. I've kind of moved away from it now. I loved Ashes. I still play it uh, if, if they will release some more stuff. So I just can't wait to see what this game does. And I can't wait to see if they do what AEG did and have an RPG where the two things are tied together. Like Shadowrun? Um, I don't know if it's like Shadowrun, but with AEG, there would be uh, events and RPGs or the LCG that would affect the other. Oh, 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 just the, the, the product yeah, line yeah, There itself. was a tie-in. The two products would somehow tie in together. Uh, okay. Maybe there was an RPG book that came out that had to go along with the new series of cards that came out. I told another story. And with all your acronyms, I, I, I didn't quite catch that. Are, is, are they reintroducing L5R as is it still the CCG model or no, it is it? LCG? Unless they are they, changing it. Unless this made them change their mind, it's supposed to be LCG. <laughs> yes, it is LCG. I think. <laughs> Has anybody else played L5R? I played like a demo game when they released that. Remember they had that box set with the hexagon, and you could play multiplayer. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I we played a multiplayer, and it, like it was kind of weird. I, I didn't get enough of a sense of it though to really make a judgment or anything, but. It, is it basically a two-player game most of the it time? Is. It, is. Okay. it is basically. And if it's like uh, they have with every other LCG, there'll be a huge organized play support. Yeah, uh, They'll be part of all the tournaments and everything, I'm sure. That's good. Minimum two core sets. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's three core sets, oh, my gosh. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can handle two. I can handle two, but three, come on. Chaz, tell us about having to buy two uh, two things like in Destiny. Two starters. <laughs> You're gonna get me beaten up. <laughs> well, no, uh, Chaz, that's a valid point. That's a valid point when I want a second die for uh, Poe or Ray. I gotta go spend twelve to fifteen dollars just to get that second fin dice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> quack, quack, quack. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie was thinking it. <laughs> I was thinking it. I, I, I know we've gone through our list, but I have to say, like, what Jamie said about how malleable these lists could be, like, within 24 hours. I, I wrote down some other things. Like, just today, I saw an announcement for the new Days of Wonder game. Yamatai, Yamata, or something like mm -hmm. this. And that looks gorgeous, visually stunning, and that just draws me in. It's Days of Wonder, and they usually just kind of focus on one, you know, stunning game a year type of thing, right? Like they had, was it Five Tribes the last thing that they Quadropolis, released? yeah, Quadropolis, right, right. And and uh, this one feels more like a return to kind of the Five Tribes, a little a little heavier, a little more going on, you know what I mean? And um, mm -hmm. that one looks spectacular. No, no, nobody mentioned Rising Sun. I know that's one a lot of people are. Uh, really excited about, right? Yeah, just lots. I'm excited about the uh, Century from Plan B games, yes. Emerson's yeah. game. Oh, yeah. That was on. That was oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Huh. That'll be awesome. Yeah, there's a couple others. I mean, like Pandemic Legacy Season Two. I mean, right. that looks that, that should be good. Um, now there's Empires of the Void Second Edition. I don't know if you ever played the first edition, but it was like really close to being a good game. It's from uh, Ryan Lockett. Who did you know all those games uh, near yeah. and far above and below, and it had this really <laughs> fun, <laughs> yeah, left or right LCR. Uh, <laughs> it had a really fun space 4x theme and some really interesting kind of combat me mechanics and the way resources worked. And he, obviously, he drew everything and illustrated everything, so it looks gorgeous. But I know it he's he's with miniatures now for all the shit. Oh, does it? It does. Oh. Wow. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that as well. That would be kind of be my honorable mention. Mm -hmm. And Space Cowboys, they're doing that Unlock series, which is like an escape room yeah. type deal. And that looks kind of yeah. fun, too. I'm kind of intrigued about, about that. Plat yeah. Hat Games will have some stuff coming out this year, I'm sure, as well. They've been kind of quiet lately because of all the being bought and rebought and <laughs> all, all that stuff that's going on but i think they're finally starting to settle in i think they'll have some interesting announcements this year as well which i'm looking forward to so there's, yeah, there's gonna be a lot to keep us all chatting about games <laughs> that's for sure has there been any announcements on the next um ashes expansions um or with all of the hubbubbery going on with the selling and buying have they kind of just there been... there will be yeah there'll, there'll be some some dates given for the next things coming out yeah definitely cool. My honorable now, mention is just about everything that Games Workshop's going to put out this year. Oh, I'm yeah. That just so that everybody out there will say that I'm getting paid by Games Workshop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to uh, the, the next uh, Warhammer Quest that's coming out that they're talking about yeah. doing. I'm talking about all the Blood Bowl uh, teams that they're going to be coming out with, all the, you know, the star players. They were talking about doing that, uh, what is it? Um, Hopefully Necromunda uh, sometime. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. They were talking about doing that one pretty soon. What's that one, Joel, that we were talking about? The Basically, Epic, again. It was... Um, oh, Adeptus Titanicus, something yes. like that. Oh, if yes. they do that, I will have it... I'll buy three copies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that looks really good. Now that's not like epic though. It's gonna be just all like all the large scale. So it's epic, but like without all the infantry. Sure. Just yeah. all the big stuff. But yeah, that's what you really want to play with, right? So yeah, I mean you could throw games workshop in there for me. I'm actually picking up the new I know this is not a board game thing, but uh the new battle tome for the Zinch armies, which I have a lot of because I have Warhammer Quest Silver Tower, which comes with a lot of Zinch, and I picked up a couple <laughs> other models. And the battle tome I've been 
listening to podcasts and stuff about it. It just looks really awesome. Uh, so I apologize. They're watching this like, you're a board game guy. Shut up. <laughs> Don't uh, just turn into a miniatures painting and assembling machine. Yeah. I have, you can <laughs> kind of see behind me on my, this side, there's a, quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> is, um, is anybody excited about Rune Wars? I am. I, you know, yes, <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. I, it looks really different. Like I've been playing Age of Sigmar, and so like I'm looking at it through that prism, mm -hmm. and I'm like, why did they do this? That's not how Age of Sigmar works. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> this is a game. And which is so funny, Joe, because that is so opposite everybody that's played GW for the past thirty years. You know, like they're like, why is Age of Sigmar like this? Why is <laughs> <Right>. like this? <laughs> well, yeah, yes, I think but... I'm mostly interested in Rune Wars from a curiosity standpoint. I want to see yeah. what FFG is going to do with ground-based troop combat, the the big block troops like Warhammer Fantasy used to be. So right. I'm very excited to try it out. Yeah, and, and you know they did. I haven't played Armada, but I played a lot of X-wing a long time ago. And from everything I've heard, X, Armada might even be a better game. You know, people that play it love it, and so I can't see how they would screw it up. You know, uh, yeah, I'm sure. It's I think fun. it should be really good, but I do have to take issue because the Age of Sigmar community is very uh, vibrant, enthusiastic, friendly. They love it. Um, do not go to a forum where 40k players and Age of Sigmar players argue because. <laughs> That gets dicey, but uh, anyway, uh, enough miniature stuff. I, I did want to pull up from the chat. So Chaz Mercury Games, it sounds like, is publishing Container, according to random person in chat. Thank you, random right? person. Yeah, I, I have to scroll up. I meant to bring it up earlier, but I can't remember who said it. Oh, Icarus Westburn said it. And there was one question. And I'll just, we'll just kind of open it up here. We've been at this for an hour and 20 minutes, so we can go another like 10, 15 minutes unless you guys have to go. Um, uh, one thing that was interesting, so we, we brought the concept of Mars being like the theme of 2016 and 17. And some people were throwing out, uh, what's the theme going to be for, you know, 2017 into 18 based on a movie or something that when pop culture that would drive it. And the two things I saw thrown out was Blade Runner and Ghost in the Shell. So I don't, I don't know if there I can't think of one that would uh, drive it, but I thought Ghost in the or not or uh, Blade Runner Dude, might yeah. be a cool IP. Cryptozoans, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> I was I was swearing that post-apocalyptic was going to go bananas after Mad Max, like the greatest right. Mad Max movie there has been. And I haven't seen as much of it, but I hope that's kind of just because they're in design, you know. I was really hoping post-apocalyptic would be the big deal. Hmm. Yeah, like I suppose with like with uh, the Wasteland Express, even mm -hmm. this War of Mine is kind of kinda, yeah, sort of kinda. Yeah, and outlive apocalyptic road warrior games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. The, um, Defenders of the Last Stand and um, and the, yeah. the Express there, and there's a couple of them. Uh, what was the? There's a new one there. Oh, I wish I could remember it now. So well, and Ignacy released 51st State right around the time sure. that Mad Max. But you're right. There hasn't been like a real big breakout game that's kind of driven everyone to be talking yeah. about it, maybe. So, hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I did hear at BGG Gone last year, uh, and I'm not supposed to say anything, but <laughs> the person... Know. 
Yeah, but well, it's not something that was confirmed, and it was from a publisher that wasn't publishing it, but they were said they were certain somebody was going to be coming out with like a redo of Thunder Road, uh, hmm. which is the old Mattel game or something. Uh, if anybody would do it, it'd be Restoration Games. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't actually going to be Thunder Road. It was going to be a complete uh, I just overhaul. Heard. I just heard right. Avery, the big champion of uh, Stephen Avery, the big champion of Thunder Road. Oh, he sure. was on a podcast recently, and he was saying that it's been talked about. Like there's three or four publishers who've kind of circled it, and gotcha. I think maybe one of the stumbling blocks has been like the rights are with Mattel or whoever. <clears throat> and so, yeah, what you're saying might be the thing that happens is someone takes something just similar enough to it, something adjacent yeah. to it, you know, and, and runs with that. Go find a straight road on bg <laughs> that's the one designed by haiku gunther looks awesome if they just produce that done the same concept it's called a straight road a straight road yeah okay oh. i'll have to look that up it's print and play only that's the Interesting. reason oh, that i see no one knows right. anything about yeah. <laughs> well that that gangs of uh cormog or gormog or something from games workshop mm -hmm. looks like it has a thunder road type of vibe except you're like these big speeder bikes in the sky in 40k flying around the spires yeah i kind of got an x-wing vibe off of that because it's yeah. kind of like that flying around and dog fighting but you're on like i don't know you look, look like a bunch of green goblins flying around on speed right. boards I, joel you might know this or someone here might know this aren't the designers of, of thunder alley actually making some kind of combat oriented oh yeah of their game that's right. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I don't think it has an actual entry on BGG yet. Right. It's it's in the geek list that's in the description of this video. You got to go dig for it. But yeah, it's basically Thunder Alley, but Twisted Metal slash Mad Max. Yeah. I mean, and Thunder Alley is a cool game. So pairing that yeah. with the combat and stuff would be great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I've sort of blabbed my mouth about Gloomhaven on social media, and I've played it a couple of times, and it's awesome. And they want to know if any of you guys are also excited about Gloomhaven <laughs> or not. <laughs> I think it looks amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. The mechanics look great. The Everything looks great. But I can't say that I would be able to play it because of its campaign nature. Right. I just can't get my group into playing a campaign constantly. We'll play like three games and then want to try something new. That's That's my problem. So the answer is a very hesitant no. But that's that's my issue with like uh who said seventh continent that was me yeah 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 that, that's i i was talking about all these campaign games coming out and they long, all look awesome and jamie i'm in the same boat as you i'll get two or three in and then it will stop mm -hmm. and i'll never get it back to the table and it's like that's why i struggle with campaign games that's why i like the idea of if there's a campaign game there are these options of of doing just one shots or little short things. And I imagine with Gloomhaven, I, I think, is there the possibility, Joel, to do a, like one shots of that? Thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got a lot of tools in there. So you can play the campaign and then you can go back if you want and replay a scenario. Uh, you're not going to progress the story, but you're going to be able to collect all the experience and gold and everything that you get. And all of this, every single scenario is based on the party level. So even if you go back to the first scenario, based on the level, you divide the levels of the characters and oh, do all okay. that. And so you've got that. So you can just go replay that even if you get stuck in the campaign. But there's also like a random scenario generator type of thing. Um, 
which I haven't, I've just glanced through it, but, you know, it generates the map and the treasure. And again, everything's based on the level of the character. So uh, there's a lot to play through. And the interesting thing about it, I haven't really pushed and prodded to try to like sort of break this part of it, but uh, you can play through like maybe with one group or even solo and then spin up another group with some other players or play another scenario. But everything that's happened to the town and some of the different character classes will kind of unlock stuff permanently so that when you come back to it, then it's a little bit different. So you it, you pretty much want to play it through the campaign, but you don't have to do it as much. But I wouldn't say it's something like Doom where, or something. You can just pick something and go. You could try I just that. Think it's, I, I think the game just intimidates me. Like it's 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 it it's a box with so much stuff packed in it. Like it, it yes. could knock out a small child like that thing, right? Um, you can and, you can end a small child with it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I'm not against complex games, but I, it's more like okay, I'm gonna have to. I was gonna say, I'm not against knocking out a small child. <laughs> <laughs> Wish someone had knocked you out. Uh, it's, it's it's the um, it's just I gotta unpack this giant box of stuff. Like how how do you even start to play this game? How, how's the setup, Joel? Can you just let, yeah? Let me tell you. Okay, so the one thing that was frustrating at first was all of the standees for all of the monsters. There are so many of them. It's like the first game we were playing. I'm like, I can't find the fifth bandit because I need another bandit here. And I'm like, I should have totally organized this better. So I spent like. 45 minutes just organizing like i think these are all kind of in the same group because you don't know some of the monsters are like this big snake guy or something you're like when do i run into this is it in scenario 50 or what so you kind of have to sort of just organize it in a way that makes sense to you and then you'll be able to find them other than that honestly everything is packed very very nicely everything comes in these boxes for the character so when you're done you can put stuff back in the box although I think opening and closing those boxes a whole bunch will kind of destroy them. So, but it organizes it, and then the yeah, slots okay. for all the cards and everything—that's really well organized. You can just pull stuff out, leave stuff at the back. But sorting the monsters is rough. But you can do—it's a one-time thing, and sure, it's a one-time thing. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I think I was we're. Kidding, Marty. I don't. I don't want anyone to hit you with Gloomhaven. <laughs> right. We are about at an hour and a half, which was my target, my personal target. So uh, I think we're doing good. Uh, I didn't see any other questions in chat other than some other banter and stuff. And I just want to take a moment again to thank you guys for joining me. Uh, last time I did this Patreon thing, you know, I was we were just kind of randomly chatting. I was like, you know, what are some cool ideas? What do you guys want to do? And they were like, well, you know, have some important people on. You know, it's just you. We want to get some people that actually... Well, well maybe next time, Joel, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but so they so I said, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. I could have guests on once in a while. So I asked you guys and you all said yes. And so I was like, this is great. It's like a, what do you call it? A, a embarrassment of riches. Yeah. <laughs> well said, Chaz. <laughs> Well, well, thanks to your Patreons for, for supporting and, and, and yeah. this opportunity for us to do this. That's that's awesome for them to uh, to support the show. And it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a great YouTube channel, and, and uh, those are smart people. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there is a question. Uh, the guys have asked here a couple times about the Dunwich Legacy. I don't know what that is. Is that an Arkham thing? Yeah, Arkham Horror LCG. Oh, yeah, that's, is that an expansion? Yeah, it just came out last week. At this point, okay. every single Fantasy Flight 
L, um, Arkham Horror LCG and Mansions of Madness expansion, I will have every single one of it because those two games, I think Fantasy Flight Out did themselves with that stuff. I can't. That's one thing. If if there was a campaign to Mansions of Madness, I could have played it by now. Play it. <laughs> Just keep playing those missions consistently over and over with the same people too, because we love it so much. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and Elder Horror still. I mean, that's old news, but I mean, they're still dumping out stuff for that. That's still really fun yeah. too. Yeah. I'll stay silent on that one because I don't like that one. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Even Elder Did you like Arkham Horror? I didn't like Arkham Horror either. Elgitar okay. and Arkham Horror, but I would play a touch of evil a thousand times before either of those two. Yeah. Sadness. All right. <laughs> well, let's do a little, uh, we'll run down the, the line there and you can tell everybody where to find you and stuff in case they've been living under a rock. Uh, so we'll start with Jamie and just anything new you got coming up or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, well, uh, I host with uh, a bunch of my buddies, the Secret Cabal Gaming Podcast. You can find us at thesecretcabal.com, or you can search iTunes and find us there. We just do a podcast about board games and card games and miniature games, role-playing games, all sorts of stuff. And thank you very much, Joel, for having me. We will do this anytime. I'm, I know I can speak for the rest of these guys that we'll do this anytime you want us to because we love to talk. Awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, next is Luke. Oh, excuse me, Rodney. <laughs> yes, Luke is the real star of the show, no question. Uh, yeah, I, I have a YouTube channel called Watch It Played, where we uh, publishers will hire us to teach you how to play the game fully, and then uh, we'll oftentimes do full playthroughs as well, which we'll do with the audience and kind of like end an episode and turn it over to the audience and say, "Hey, what do you want us to do next?" And we'll come back and sort of pick up from there. All right. Yeah, hopefully is that you can watch and kind of get a sense of whether or not the game would be a good fit for you and your family or gaming group. So I host it with, with my son, Luke, as Joel referenced, and also my, my new co-host, uh, Pat McDonald, whose apartment I'm in right now because he has decent fiber up, and that's why you can see me kind of crystal clear. If I was from home, it would be like a, a pixel. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, Joel, Joel the, 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 what's that, Jamie? Is Pep just kind of sitting off camera reading a book or something? Yeah, he's, he's, he's quietly locked himself in his bedroom <laughs> very kindly. Um, and uh, yeah, Joel, as, as I'm sure all of us will say, yes, thank you uh, for inviting us to be on here. And um, and thanks for flying the friendly skies. <laughs> uh, next is uh, Tony, Tony McCree. Uh... <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, I'm Marty, who's who I'm a co-host with another guy named Tony. Um, uh, we have a uh, podcast called Rolling Dice and Taking Names, and uh, Tony and I get on and we we banter, we review games, we talk about a, a bunch of different uh, topics. So we uh, uh, bike weekly. If you want to, you can find us at RollDiceTakeNames.com. You can find us at iTunes or come talk to us on Twitter at Dice and Names. Th and Joel, thank you so much for ha having us on and. This is probably my last time I get to come on, and it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was good knowing you. I appreciate the, your time. <laughs> uh, next is uh, Matt Evans, uh, otherwise known as uh, Reaper on Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our Overwatch crew we got together here as well. Jeez. That's exactly uh, right. Well, except right. for Chaz. Chaz doesn't like anything. Poor Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, I run a, sorry, was that Jamie? Oh, he hasn't fallen into that trap yet. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Probably <laughs> smart. Probably <laughs> um, yeah, I, I run a, I have a YouTube series called Board Game Replay. It's where I, uh, 
kind of a show of my buddies where we give an overview of a game and then kind of highlight some of the the fun moments from it, like uh, you know the, the exciting moments that get everybody kind of shouting and yelling and stuff. Um, sort of like a group review of a game. Um, we do that on YouTube, so you can go uh, youtube.com slash boardgamereplay. And uh, yeah, Joel, thank you for having me as well. It was fun to be here and kind of hearing what you guys have. You guys have all kind of got me excited about a bunch of new games now. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my list has grown, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And uh, now we have uh, Chaz Marler, Tom Vassell's uh, personal assistant. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to get a hold of me, you can uh, catch me getting Tom coffee um, any day of the week. And, uh, uh, so I have my own my own YouTube channel, which is Pair of Dice Paradise, and I uh, you know do board game news, reviews, commentary, try to do stuff that's a little bit different. Um, over the past oh, it's year, different. Pardon? It's different. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, over the past year, I've also been uh, producing videos on the Dice Towers YouTube channel. And just over this past weekend, uh, the Dice Towers fundraiser hit their stretch goal, where I'm going to continue to be uh, producing vid some videos for their uh, channel throughout this year as well. So, Yay. yeah. So, um, awesome. but, um, I, I will also be returning, hopefully, to doing more content on my own channel as well. So both the Dice Tower and the Pair of Dice Paradise YouTube channel and Dice Paradise on Twitter. And Alrighty. as with everyone else, thank you for including me in this, Joel. It's It's been great just hang out with you guys. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you guys all, and I certainly appreciate you joining me and uh, hanging out with some of my Patreons and stuff. It's a lot of fun. And... Uh, I can certainly uh, vouch for all you guys. So if any of you guys watching here run into them at a convention or something, you know, definitely say hi. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, they're all great folks. And my Patreons are great folks too. So uh, thank you again for supporting me and watching. And those of you that were able to join us live, that's awesome. And provide questions and everything. So I'm going to say goodbye and thank you again. And uh, for the Patreon folks, we'll be doing this again in uh, two months. So we'll be doing it in uh, March. Um, I'll try to figure out a topic. If you get a idea for a topic or something to cover or some way to do it, uh, let me know, and then uh, we'll try it. Okay. Thanks, everyone. See ya. See ya. Bye.